Rodgers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Hey yo, what's going on Packer fans? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. The podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. I am joined as always with my good buddy Tyler aka T Plush. You can find him on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. Unfortunately, Scott is partying it up at a wedding right now, so he is not with us today. Um, So it's just going to be Tyler and I. Uh, Today on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about the game against the Texans, kind of highlight that in players that we thought played well and players that didn't play so well. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about who we think should be quarterback two and lastly the majority of the show is going to be talking about 53 man roster predictions Um, we're a little early on that but we want to get a preliminary roster out there um, for you guys and see who we're looking at and who you should be looking for kind of at the fridge fringe of the roster so Tyler how are you doing today I'm doing good today. Um, it's good to be back talking Packers football, and it's even better, in my opinion, that football's actually back, like, officially. It's one thing to talk training camp and hear about everybody, you know, going and checking it out, but to actually watch a full game on television, uh, that got my heart pumping a little bit, and I'm excited for the season. Yes, me too. Um, before we get to our actual Packers talk. Um, Just a shout out here. We are starting to work with the Fresh Take. Um, So we're going to be writing stuff for them. And also our podcasts are already posted on their site. Um, So you can find them, thefreshtake.net. That's where you can find all of our articles. I know Tyler already has one up. Um, Mine will be up in the next day or two, I imagine. Um, and we're going to talk about my article today on the show as well. Um, and that's that 53 man projection. Um, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about the game, um, against the Texans. Tyler, who was one or two players that you thought played really well on, on Thursday night? Uh, well, I'll start offensively. Um, I really liked the work that Danny Vitale did on the offensive side. Um, Trevor's been saying, you know, all offseason here how, dude, the guy's a monster. He's built like a, you know, a fridge. And 
I actually saw him go out there. I think he made a one-handed grab at one point too, and I was kind of surprised by how much you know he was involved early on. So it kind of made me excited really about the possibility of having a fullback again on the team since how we didn't keep one last year um, but based off what I saw in week one of the preseason here I I feel real excited about the opportunities that he could present and then I know I'm going to kick myself for saying this one but I was actually impressed with Jake Kumaro on the offensive side uh, he did only have two catches um, but both of them he was blanketed by the corners and so, you know, maybe you think, okay, separation-wise, that's not a good thing, right? But they were tough catches, I thought. And he hauled them in, made them look easy. So hats off to you, Jake Kumaro. Um, you played well. Yes. Yes, he did. Um, going back to Vitaly, like, yes, he is built like a fridge, like you said, but he is very athletic. Um and I kind of highlight this in that article I was talking about, but the fact that he is athletic and can make plays in the passing game, you can hand him the ball to get a few yards if you need it, a la John Kuhn. Um, but also he, he can pass protect, um, and he can lead block on a run too. So you put him out there, and the defense has no idea what you're, th- you're doing with him. He, you could split them out. I know in practice a, f- a few days, they had them split out wide, and I'm like, I didn't think a fullback could be a weapon like this, but it really sounds like and looks like they are going to use him everywhere, which is just, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I never thought I would say that about a fullback, but I really think it is. Um. So a couple players that I just wanted to highlight. Offensively, I'll go with two. Uh, The first one, Dexter Williams, I thought played extremely well. Um, He had 80 yards, I think, on 15 carries during that game. Um, Really had the most opportunity of anyone, no matter the position. Um, But he really showed out and... I thought he played really well, and he should now be getting reps over Trey Carson, which I never, never understood before. But hopefully that'll start happening happening for him. Um, and then Darius Shepard. So you might not know who, know who he, he is. Excuse me. Uh, but Shepard is just a – he he looks so good out there. Um, he had the one touchdown catch – Kaiser made it a little difficult on Shepard, but he goes up, makes a play. Um, after getting hit, comes down with it in the end zone. Um, but overall, I think a lot of th- the other thing I like about him um, is he's just quick and he can be um, that return man that we're looking for. And he's shown a lot more promise offensively than Trevor Davis has. So. That's kind of the big, one of the big wide receivers I'm looking at. And spoiler alert, I actually have him on my 53 man roster. So we'll see if that no. happens. But Trevor, so what? The one wide receiver that I took away uh, out of the game was not actually Shepard. I liked uh, what Lazard did. He's that, you know, big 
white dude out there, you know, we know how Green Bay Packer fans over white wide receivers, <laughs> we kind of go crazy. But you saw when he first came into the game, uh, the Packers target him, you know, in the red zone three times in a row. Granted, you know, he didn't come up with any of those ones, but you could see the physical mismatch that he provided. And I thought that was kind of exciting. You know, he ends up scoring a touchdown later on in the game, you know, which was cool to see. But I think... I don't know. I think I liked his performance a little bit more over Shepard. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, I mean, they went to him, but it doesn't... He didn't really do much outside of the touchdown catch, but that was a great touchdown catch, by the way. Um, But I don't know. I just saw more from Shepard. I feel like he could fit into this offense I feel like he's quicker and um all of that stuff I get the height disadvantage but you're looking for um players that are going to go out and make plays and be able to stretch the field and that's what Derry Shepard can do um and he did a very good job of that so far in camp and I really think he is going to make a case to make this team. I just feel like Lazard is a he's a bit raw yet. I think he needs another year on the practice squad before we see him actually making a case for the 53, but he could prove me wrong. There's three more games left to prove me wrong, so we'll see. Do you have anyone else offensively that really stood out to you? Um, I think it was important that, you know, we didn't really focus on the line too much and Jenkins, you know, being his first start, you know, and Lambeau, you know, I kind of took it a positive is that the fact I didn't really hear much about him. So he must have did pretty well, uh, unless you heard or remember anything from the game, but I was pretty hyped about him when we drafted him. So, um, I guess I would highlight him from the offensive line. That'd be my only other one offensively. Yeah. Um, Overall, I think there's a lot of penalties and there was a lot of holding penalties, but it just seemed like everyone was a bit rusty. There was some, they just felt like a lot of penalties in that game. Maybe that's the refs are a little bit stingier to start out or the players are just kind of rusty and getting back into the swing of things. So hopefully that irons itself out but yeah you're right I didn't hear much of Elton Jenkins which if you're an offensive lineman that's typically a good thing um defensively I have two players that I really liked the first one James Looney um I thought he was all over the place um on the defensive line he in the second half, I felt like every play he was in the backfield, he wasn't always making the play, but he was always getting penetration. He was always there. Um, and then Rashawn Gary, I know he didn't make any plays on Thursday, um, but it really felt like he was out there doing his job and doing it well. There's a few times Patton schemed him open um, on a stunt inside, and he was he actually slipped which is unfortunate but that was the first time I really got to see um, in live action kind of how fast he can get around the edge now he slips there but 
you could see the burst. Um, and I just thought he he did great, even though he didn't he wasn't very productive like stat wise, but he did have a solid performance. Um, actually, I have one more. Uh, Kingsley Kiki he did well as well. Uh, just played solid. He did um, get to Joe Webb a few times. I don't know if he actually had a sack, but he was in his face a few times. Um, just another player like Looney that they were kind of just there the whole time in the middle of the play, causing disruptions the entire time, which was awesome. Do you have anyone else defensively, Tyler? Yeah, I have a few other. Um, first, I'll kind of back up with Gary. You know, we were going back and forth during the game, and obviously, you know, my stance on Gary, I'm still not fully on board with him, but. Overall, I will admit, I was kind of impressed with his physicality and his ability to beat uh, line or linemen one-on-one. And, you know, we were going back and forth, and there was a couple times I was like, oh, you know, Gary broke containment on that one where, you know, I, you know, he kind of rushed inside and the running back bounced it out. But, you know, we don't know the play call on, you know, what was supposed to be happening with that. Um, but then there were other instances where the uh, Texans were double teaming and that got other teammates open too. So I'll be, I'll be looking forward to watching him play again. Um, and then kind of sticking on that theme, our defense was really physical and you can see the athleticism and, and that was a big emphasis this off season. But when we uh, drafted Kadar Holman, I was like, what, why? But he was really good. Uh, the linebacker, Curtis Bolton, that guy was super athletic. I saw him literally like, uh, he was rushing the quarterback one time on a blitz and just like s- kind of like sidestepped and slipped right between two line linemen and ended up making a hurry. Um, he had a huge reach and deflected a pass. And f- overall, it was like, wow, that guy looks impressive, um, which is good to see. And then kind of the same with Ty Summers. Like, I didn't know a whole lot about him, but he seemed to me like out of the linebackers, he was all over the field making plays, too. Um so I guess that's what I took away from the defense that I liked. The only thing I didn't really like, and it might be maybe a little nitpicky, but I know a lot of people were high on Tony Brown, you know, especially during the joint practices. People were saying he was covering Hopkins and, uh, you know, really shutting him down. And then I there was a couple times during the preseason game I saw him just kind of throw his shoulder in for tackles, and, of course, he missed those. And I'm just like, oh, no, you know, that's a big pet peeve. I hate it when you know, especially corners do that. So looking forward, I'd like to, you know, maybe it's preseason, they won't hurt himself, but whatever. You got to wrap up and make a tackle, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, did you have anyone else offensively or defense, defensively that you really didn't like? Um, yeah, I was not impressed with EQ at all. I think he had... He had one drop, which, you know, maybe it's questionable whether it's not a drop or not, but he just didn't look good at all. Route running was not up to par, and obviously the hands were an issue. And then I kind of circled this one as, or an, another position is, I didn't hear much from the tight ends at all. Like, I was, maybe it's because our offense was pretty vanilla and they were mainly blocking and weren't really trying to get them downfield open for many plays, but nobody stuck out from the tight end group. So that, I guess I'd kind of like to monitor that going into week two. Yeah. Um, 
one player that I think needs to be mentioned, and I've consistently been been really high on him. I thought he was going to make the roster very easily. Specifically, when Scott brought up Kumaro, I thought Jamon Moore would make it over him. But Jamon is kind of playing his way off this team, really. Uh, he's got to make plays when he has the opportunity, and he had ample opportunity on Thursday night. Um, he did end up making a touchdown catch, but he bobbled it and kind of had to re-catch it after the initial catch, which is never a good sign after he dropped a very easy one in the end zone. Um, so I thought he was over it, and he was having a solid camp. Um and then he goes out in the first game and just shows his same issues he, he had last year with, with those drops. And Rodgers isn't going to trust you if that's the case. And you can't be an NFL receiver. It's your job to catch the football. And he's just not doing that right now. Um, even with all his, all of his upside, all of his athleticism for after the catch, doesn't matter when you can't catch the football so that's someone who is really gonna have to show out in the next three games if he wants to make this roster right now I don't think he's going to um the way he's been playing so Tyler do you have anything else more from the Texans game uh not necessarily I mean you talked about the penalties so I guess, you know, hopefully that's one thing that gets cleaned up, but it is preseason. I got a little uh, agitated at it, especially when, like, the first four Packer plays all had penalties on them. It was really frustrating, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) hopefully once the ones get out there more, that gets taken care of. Um, But, no, it was was good to see the Packers play, and, you know, granted they got a win, which doesn't really mean much, but it was a good game overall. Yeah. Yeah. one more thing before we move on. Everyone that I kind of saw on Twitter were having mini freakouts that the offense wasn't moving the ball um, and all of this stuff. And first, the ones aren't out there. Two, Matt LaFleur is not calling Matt LaFleur's offense. It's very vanilla and they're just not going to show things. And if they do show things in preseason... They're going to practice it with the ones and not the twos and threes so teams can get more film on it. They're just going to do it like once with the ones, make sure it works, make sure everyone understands how it's supposed to run, um, and that'll be it just to get some live reps with some of those schemes. But overall, this preseason, it's going to be the offense isn't going to look good because Matt LaFleur doesn't want to show everything. No coaches want to do that. So that's just something that in the preseason, just kind of take the offense for what they're doing. It's not going to be this um, brilliant scheme because they don't want to show everything. So just kind of be aware of that. Moving, I guess still talking about the offense, let's go into quarterback two. Um, Quick answer here Tyler who is going to be quarterback two this year uh, it's Deshaun Kaiser I mean this game did not make me change my mind at all I mean I we, Kaiser played very well and the only 
thing that I'm really looking for that he could possibly do to improve his game is to simply make better choices. I mean, that's when he got in problems last year when he tried to make something out of nothing and stupid turnovers. And you didn't see that in week one. He was in control the whole time. You know, he took a few shots and maybe missed one throw, maybe. I mean, other than that, he played a really good game and... Uh, it kind of actually eased my mind a little bit um, if anything would happen to Rodgers. But I don't think there's any question that Kaiser is going to be QB2. I would agree with that. Um, I think Kaiser makes this roster. Um, and we'll talk about it a little later, but I only think the Packers are going to keep two this year. They had three last year, but yeah, I think Kaiser is still a better quarterback than Tim Poyle is. And, I mean, everyone on Twitter kind of said that Boyle had a better game, but everything was so close. Kaiser had a better completion percentage. Um, Their yards per attempt, Kaiser had 7.8, Boyle had 8. And um, Kaiser's passer rating... Uh, 111.7, Boyle's 125.0, so Boyle's better there, but he had an extra touchdown. Um, So, like that, those stats don't tell me that Tim Boyle played that much better than Kaiser, and at this point, it's Kaiser's job, and I think, like you said, he played well enough, and there was... He had five incompletions. I think three or four of them were kind of on the receiver that it was an incompletion. It wasn't Kaiser's throw that made it that way. So I think he played extremely well, um, and right now it's definitely his job. So let's let's kind of transition into the 53 man roster and we'll kind of continue a little bit with some quarterback conversation. Tyler, do you think the Packers are going to keep two or three quarterbacks on the roster this year? Oh, um, when you first told me that they were going to take two, I was a little unsure. Um, but I actually think that's what the Packers did last year. If my memory serves me correct. Um, so I think, they do go with two, and then, I mean, you can always add another one if need be later on. Knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, so last year they did have three quarterbacks on the 53. Um, they typically, I think all but one game, um, Tim Boyle wasn't on the active 46. So he's still on the 53, but he just isn't on the game day roster. So why take one of your 53 um, as a quarterback that you're not even going to have on the active roster? That just doesn't make sense. So for me and this team, I think it makes more sense to only carry two. Um, And let's be honest, if something happens to Aaron, this season's over. (laughs) Um, We just talked about how Kaiser had a good game. It Kaiser or Tim Boyle are not gonna hold down the fort more than a week or two. Um, 
if Aaron Rodgers is hurt. So I think two is fine. Um, I think they held on to Boyle last year because they're afraid of letting him go. Um, and another team picking him up, um, Taysom Hill, is the example that kind of gets brought up a lot. So I think that's why they kept him. But at this point, um, he's really he's not that type of player that I don't think it, he'll get. We will get hurt if we let him go. Uh, so let's go into running backs. I have three. Let me know if you have any issues with my three running backs I picked. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Dexter Williams. No, I don't have any issues. I mean, obviously that leaves out running backs like Trey Carson and Keith Ford um, and Darren Hall, which if you're listening to this and go, who? I mean, yeah, exactly. So I have no issues with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, And... Just to let you know, um, I do have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones as the starters, obviously. Um, And I will try to remember to say that as we go through each position. The next position is fullback Danny Vitale. Uh, From the conversation earlier, I don't think you have any issues with that one. I do not. Nope. All right, so moving into the receiver, I think this might be where um, the conversation gets a little interesting. So I'm going to name all six that I have. Um, You tell me if you agree or disagree with different players or if you would change kind of the end of my wide receiver roster here. So I have Devante and MVS as the starters. Then I have Gmo, EQ, Jake Kumaro, and Darius Shepard. Uh, yeah, I think Adams, MVS, Gmo are all pretty much locks. It sounds like technically MVS would be the starter if Gmo is used more in the slot, which it kind of sounds like that's what they're going to do. I do think EQ makes the roster just because, you know, we spent a high draft pick on him and they're still enough potential there that you can't just give up on him yet (laughs) um so you know i think he makes it this year but you know i'm looking forward if he doesn't prove much this year next year uh could be a bubble year for him i do think kumaro makes it dang it scott (laughs) um i did bet against him on that but you know the way he's been playing i i don't know if there's any way he can't make it and then uh, obviously, I'm not quite on Darius Shepard yet. I'm more on Alan Lazard um, just because of those physical traits that he has. And <laughs> I really liked him. He was impressive. I'd love to see what an accurate throwing Aaron Rodgers could do with him in the red zone. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, so the only thing I don't get, Tyler, is why you're so down on EQ. Uh, I mean, there was he had a few drops in the game, at least one for sure, and then it's just route running, really. I mean, not creating any separation, getting open. Um, I just was not impressed by him throughout the first game. Well, be prepared 
for EQ because he's making this roster, and I think he's going to make a pretty big con- contribution um, this year. So be ready to be wrong on him as well. So moving along to tight ends, I have four. Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tanyan, and Jace Sternberger. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to argue against any four of those guys. And looking up the other tight ends who are currently on the team, uh, names aren't familiar to me. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think it's clear that all four of those tight ends make it. I think what's going to differ as the season goes on is, you know, kind of the depth chart order, you know. Right now I see you have Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis kind of as those quote-unquote starters for the tight end group. Um but, you know, Robert Tunyon, he had, a, he had a great preseason last year, and then when he played more towards the end of the season, you know, he's the big boy can has some good hands and get open down the field. And obviously we know Sternberger is a pretty fast guy as well. So, you know, how the depth chart actually shakes out once the season gets rolling, I think it's going to change. And, you know, we might not see a lot of Jimmy Graham because these other tight ends are pretty dang good. Yeah, so I think you're right. The The only thing that should really change about this is the order of these four. Um, and I think having Jimmy there is obviously going to help Tanyan and Sternberger with receiving. Um, and then having Lewis there, he's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. So you're kind of getting it from both sides here and learning from a veteran um yeah hopefully later on in the year we can start seeing more of tanya and more of sternberger and realistically those are your tight end one and two going into the 2020 season so hopefully we can see a lot of progress from those two players all right offensive line i have nine players the starters, Bakhtiari, Lane Taylor, Corey Lindsley, Billy Turner, Brian Bulaga, and the reserves, I have Elton Jenkins, Cole Madison, Alex Light, and Justin McCray. Uh, yeah, looking at your list, I mean, obviously Cole Madison didn't play last year, and, you know, I don't... I don't know exactly where he fits on this team yet just because I haven't seen enough of him. Uh, So I'm not quite ready to put him in as a lock. Um, I think Alex Light, Justin McCray also are on the bubble as well. I mean, then you have to throw in other guys like Lucas Patrick and DeBeer, which is just too awesome of a name not to be a Green Bay Packer. (laughs) Um, But, you know... It's just going to take more time. I mean, those or where those last little battles are going to come down here in these preseason games, I think, is between those last, you know, five guys and who makes the offensive line on the 53-man roster. But I think, yeah, you can pretty much guarantee Jenkins, Balaga, Turner, Lindsley, Taylor, and Bakhtiari are locks at this point. Oh, my God. Tyler, you just made an argument for DeBeer because you like his name. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love the name too, but 
not making an argument that he should be on the roster because of it. Because of it. All We're right, supposed well, to be professional here, Tyler. <laughs> All right. Well, my homework now for the week is I will look up a lot of film on him from last week and this Thursday's game and come with a full De Beer report next week. All right. We will be looking forward to that. All right. Let's switch to the other side. Um, staying in the trenches, we'll go defensive linemen. Uh, starters, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Montrevious Adams. Um, and then reserve guys, I have Tyler Lancaster, Kingsley Kiki, and James Looney. So right now I have six defensive linemen. Um, yeah, I think the only bubbleish guy would be Looney. I know you were big on him from last Thursday's game, and I honestly, you know, don't have a good name off the top of my head to someone who would be keeping that third quarterback or something like that. Um, the only argument I really have there. Yeah, so this one for me, you know defensive line is a position they rotate. Um, so that was my thought process in keeping six. But I could very well them see them keeping less there um, if they want. Maybe they want a tenth offensive lineman, or they want that third quarterback, or they want someone somewhere else. Um, because we are gonna see Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary, and possibly even Preston Smith bump inside. So maybe you don't need six, uh, but I just thought. With a position that rotates anyways, um, and you're in the trenches, there's a lot of injury risk there. I thought having six would be smart, but we'll see what the Packers do. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep five there. Um, Moving along to the outside linebackers now. So I just mentioned some of them. The two starters, the Smiths, Zadarius and Preston, and then... As reserves, I have three of them, Rashawn Gary, Kyler Fackrell, and Reggie Gilbert. Uh, I mean, I think it's obvious Kyle Fackrell's going to make the team. I mean, he was our best rusher last year, but I don't expect him to do much this year. Um, I think Gilbert, I go on and off with that guy all the time. Like, he has moments, you know, where his athleticism is really showing, and he makes great plays, and... Then there are times where it's just like, what are you doing? So uh, I'm not quite sure about Gilbert. That would be my question mark on that one. Yeah. Um, so I was actually thinking about putting Kendall Donerson in here, but the Packers cut him or waved him injured, I think, maybe. Um, but I think overall – you're mainly going to see the top four. You're going to see Sedarius, Preston, Rajon Gary, and Kyler Fackrell. Um, but when you have a rotation of four guys, you at least need another player. Um, and that was my thought process there. And I think Reggie Gilbert is the best option at this point. Um, and hopefully he can relive kind of his great preseason last year, but in the regular season. That would be awesome. All right, moving along, 
inside linebackers now. I have three of them, Blake Martinez, Ty Summers, and Curtis Bolton. Um, now there is news, obviously, that Oren Burks likely tore his peck. It's not confirmed yet. Um, but if it is, I looked it up, and it says six-month recovery process, so we're not going to see him the rest of the year. Um, so I just took him off the 53 because they'll put him on the IR. So, again, right now I have Blake Martinez, Ty Summers, and Curtis Bolton. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I, I like that you put Bolton on there. Obviously, we know I'm big on him. But really, this is like kind of one position, you know, you never know what's going to happen injury-wise. Linebackers, you know, it always seems like we lose and rotate through so many of them as the season goes on. And I feel like we just don't have a lot of depth right there. And there's really not anyone on this 90 man that I would throw in besides those three guys. So, I mean, heck, maybe uh, that's where we use that uh, uh, Josh Jones trade. (laughs) Um, You know, if we still trade him, I don't really know what's going to happen there. But (laughs) uh, I think we will add somebody there. You know, maybe a team cuts – um, at a linebacker, inside linebacker, excuse me, and we and maybe they end up surprising us and making the roster. So that's kind of my thought. So my thought process here is, one, through Mike Pettin's scheme, it doesn't really seem like he cares about inside linebackers that much. Um, he always wants safeties. Like, he last year our safety group was – atrocious to put it lightly and he had three of them out out on the field all the time and it just didn't make sense this year it does we have a good safety room so I think you're gonna see a lot of Blake Martinez with a Raven Green or an Ibrahim Campbell or Josh Jones kind of playing as de facto linebackers but their safeties they can cover um, obviously playing closer to the line, they're probably going to be in man against tight ends and or running backs. Um, so I just think it doesn't make a lot of sense to go invest in an inside linebacker when it's going to be Blake Martinez as the only inside backer for most of snaps anyways. So that's why I only put three on the roster and, and that's why... I don't think they're going to go out and and get someone. But they have done crazier things. Um, Just look back a few weeks ago when they cut Mike Daniels. (laughs) Do you have anything else on the linebacker core, Tyler? Uh, Not at this moment, no. Just hopefully they all stay healthy because we're down one already. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. All right. Moving to another position that needs to stay healthy or get healthy is the cornerback room. I have six. Um, so starters, if healthy, Jair Alexander and Kevin King. And then I have Tremont Williams, Josh Jackson, Tony Brown, and Kadar Holman rounding it out. So how do you feel about those six, Tyler? I got no arguments there. I actually – that's a – solid six dudes right there i i'd feel pretty comfortable with you know almost any one of them 
in a game, really. I mean, the way Hallman played in the first game, and yeah, I, I like them all. They all seem like good, very high-quality corners, in my opinion. Yeah. I When I wrote this and I put these six guys down, I feel comfortable with all of them. Now, the one I feel least confident in right now is Josh Jackson, partially because we haven't seen him this year. We haven't seen if he's made a leap. But we have six cornerbacks that I feel confident in, and five of them are young, young guys. So I am super excited to see how these guys can grow together and it's just going to be a lot of fun knowing that we actually have some depth at a cornerback position and it's just super exciting and I think the Packers are really going to benefit from that moving along the back end to the safeties I kind of sneak peeked this earlier this is a very solid group of guys Right now I have five on the roster, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage as the starters, Raven Green, Ibrahim Campbell, and Josh Jones as the three reserves there. What do you think about those players? Yeah, I like them. Obviously I think that leaves out Natrell Jamerson from the safety group, which one guy I like too. Um but, you know, kind of the opposite of the corners, you know, after Amos and, you know, heck, you know, we haven't seen Savage play yet, but Raven Green had a good game one, had that strip, obviously. But, you know, after those three, really, my comfort level decreases quite a bit. Um, and it makes me nervous. Uh, so, uh, but I think the only thing I change is, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Josh Jones. Obviously, that's a, the first one, but... I don't know, maybe switching Campbell and uh, Jenk- or Jamerson, excuse me, would be my flip-flop. Why? Why not? What? Jam- what's- Jam- Jamerson did not play good on Thursday night. Well, one he game would- doesn't mean at all. <laughs> well, yes, but Ibrahim Campbell was a valuable player last year. He was the only halfway decent safety we had last year. So why not have him as your number four safety? That makes me feel a lot better than him as my number one. I think he could be a very valuable um, nickel safety or putting him in the box. Um, I just think he is a good player, and he showed that last year. I don't think he's a starter, but I do think reserve-wise, I think he's going to have a lot of depth, and he's going to hopefully prove you wrong and show that you feel comfortable with the top four. I still really don't feel all that comfortable with Josh Jones, but I think if you put him in the right situations, he can still be a very effective player for us um, if he's on this team. But we will see there. And the specialist, I have long snapper Hunter Bradley, punter J.K. Scott, and kicker Mason Crosby. Yeah, I agree with those. There's been, you know, a lot of off-season talk about, you know, because Crosby kind of had a down year last year. But, I mean, the guys professionally showed the ability to bounce back after off-seasons. So I I don't think there's any way that the Packers don't use Crosby this year. 
I uh, I wrote about this in the in my article that will be coming out soon, but like you guys want to cut Mason Crosby and there is some Packer fans out there that want that and the first thing I think of is the Bears cutting Robbie Gold and then they get a double doink. So let's keep Mason Crosby while he's still effective. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else um, that we may have missed either in the 53 or any conversations before that? Now, the only thing I have that isn't really Packer related, but it is funny if you uh, are living with your with living with someone who is a Bears fan like me, which would be my fiance, and then watching the first Bears field goal attempt of the new season go wide left um, was hysterical. So you made me think of that when you brought up the double doink. So all the more reason to keep Mason Crosby. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, we enjoy um, giving our friends that are Bears fans shits about that. Um, And hopefully that continues. Hopefully we continue to do that. And hopefully the Packers keep Mason Crosby and we don't have to go through that as a team. So, with that, I think that'll be it for us this week. Again, make sure you're checking out the new website that we're on. Again, that's thefreshtake.net. And we're going to have articles there. We're going to have our podcast right on the site as well. And just like always, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. On Facebook, we also have um, stuff going out on our old website our own website uh wiscosportstrilogy.com so make sure you guys are checking all those places out to stay in the loop with the packers the bucks and the brewers um but that'll be it for us talk to you next week go pack go doink doink <laughs>